You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I'm so excited to be introducing you to a semi-new coach here at TripAdvice. I say semi-new because it feels like it's new because it feels like yesterday that he just started working with us, but really he's been on the team for almost a year now. His name is Eric, Eric Leonard. He is a very smart man, a very kind man, and just an amazing coach all around. Eric coaches guys in Portland, so he does coaching for guys who live in Portland, but he works for TripAdvice, coaching guys all around the world. So he has his experience with working with guys for several years in dating coaching, and now has finally hopped on board with us to take on a ton of new guys who join the coaching program. And Eric has been a godsend, really, because it's not very easy to find someone who can coach as well as be a dating coach. There's not uh, not many of us out there, so I feel lucky to have him. And I wanted to have him on the podcast to introduce him to you, because he's a new member of the TripAdvice family, but also give you some amazing advice. One of the things that he specializes in, one of the things that he brought to me actually was this idea of mock dates, which is having girls go on what's called a mock date with a guy over Zoom or in person, where then as a coach can witness that and give feedback as well as get feedback from the girl who's on the date with him. I put date in like air quotes because it's not a real date. It's a mock date. It's a fake date. But still, this has been tremendous at being able to give guys feedback on exactly what they're doing wrong on the dates. So what we're going to be talking about today are five huge mistakes that guys make on first dates that are killing attraction. Things that Eric has noticed over the years, patterns that he's seen that guys are just making these mistakes on. And it's killing their chances at getting that second date. We work with a lot of clients in this arena, guys who get plenty of first dates, but can't take them to second dates. Or maybe you are not getting a lot of dates currently and you're going to want to know, well, once you do get dates, how do you take it? So they want to actually see you again. That's a big part of it. Because these days, a lot of guys and girls are going on dates as their first meeting. So it's not necessarily just like you go up to a girl at a party, you start talking, you get her number and you see her. Yeah, that does happen. But now it's way more common to just meet online. So your very first moment is with them in person. And you want to make sure you get it right. Well, today's episode is going to help you do that. If you're curious about what it's going to take for you to be able to get to the point where you can get more dates and turn first dates to second dates and podcasts, episodes, they're just not enough for you. You need help. You want to join the coaching program and work with myself or work with Eric, who is fully trained in the Trip Advice system, teaching you TED. You can do that. Coachedbytrip.com is where you're going to go to then apply to work with us, to work with TripAdvice and get the help that you need, custom help. When I say custom, I mean we actually get to have you go on dates and mock dates. So we listen in on your mock dates. We have you go on dates. We have you record your dates. And we also even have you record your approaches. That's one of our secret sauce that I usually don't tell people on the podcast. 
but I'm telling you now, that's what we do. So that means we can give you insane feedback on what you're doing. That means that you're going to be able to tweak all the things necessary. So you start building attraction with the women you meet. We give you style advice. We give you grooming advice. We help you become the most attractive version of yourself so you can attract more women, even if you think you're ugly, even if you think that you're broke, even if you think that you're just not cool enough. We help you get to that point. And it, uh, it doesn't take a lot. You should see. Go to coachedbytrip.com right now. Apply. You'll get on a free call with us. We'll see if coaching is a good fit for you and for us. And we'll see what it's all about. For now, before you go to that, you might want to hear about the big mistakes that guys are making on the first dates. Here they are. Here's my interview with Eric. Eric, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. We have almost a sunny day here in Portland, Oregon. Wow. Okay. So that's like, you know, number two of the year, huh? Yeah. Not bad for a June, right? (laughs) Dude, I'm so excited to finally have you on the podcast. Some of you already who are listening know who Eric is because you're working with him. Eric is the... I want to say new, but really you're not that new coach for trip advice. And you've been helping out coaching a lot of the guys who've been coming through uh, just because the demand has been very high. And obviously there's, there's only so much of me to go around. So we needed someone else and I found you and it has been incredible. You have been an amazing coach. The guys are loving working with you. You have such a high renewal rate. I know I say that to you all the time, but I want to say that to everyone else just to show how awesome Eric is. And people are always wanting to work with him more and more. And he's just got some secret sauce. And now he's part of Trip Advice. And I absolutely love it. I'm doing a lot of talking. Eric, thanks for being here, man. I want you to talk to us just a little bit about your experience of what it's been like coaching some of the guys here at Trip Advice. And then after that, I want to talk about where you are from in terms of your background with dating, dating advice, and and all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you again for having me. It really feels like it's been a long time coming. You know, I've been eager to get on a podcast with you, right? So appreciate it. Your clients, the ones that I've been working, they're amazing. They're amazing people. Not mine, man. They're yours. Our Okay, yes, our clients, respectively. <laughs> how about that? Yes, that's better. No, they're just, it's, it's just fantastic how I get to work with such a broad array of different people. Right? How, how do you just mean? All backgrounds, all walks of life. And yeah, great people. Love working with them. Love hearing their stories. Love helping them, right? We're all doing very good at this together, this adventure that we've embarked on together, right? So yeah, very happy to be working with you here. So you want to know a little bit more about me for the record? Yes, absolutely. So I'm a dating coach in Portland, Oregon. Work with Trip here. Portland's been a really fun place to live and to date. It has its own sets of challenges. Started up doing coaching a few years ago, right? Incredible restaurant scene here, as I was telling you before in Portland, right? One of one of the better scenes in the country, I think. If you just want every restaurant to your imagination's limit some very creative concepts as well. In terms of the coaching, the way I've I've kind of been doing things, what's really important for me is to be scientific and to oversimplify this, right? For for lay people out there, that just means being evidence-backed and supported. 
Okay, I don't like just spouting off ideas because they sound nice or because they worked for one of my friends. I'm not going to say they're going to work for everyone, right? Yep. And as far as I'm concerned, no single pieces of advice applies to everyone. We're going for high probabilities here. There's obviously millions of different types of people out there, right? But in the way of being scientifically based, I devised a few uh, key strategies for helping to kind of keep to that creed. And one of them is that I've been running mock dates for any of the clients who either live in the Pacific Northwest or are able to get to the Pacific Northwest. So if you're a male, I can actually have you go out on a real dinner with a real female, one of my professionally trained mock daters. And the purpose of that is sort of to establish a baseline, right? What it is you do on your own. And then more importantly, to get feedback on that process, right? Let's actually see how you date. The reason why I had to devise mock dates is because it's it's really easy for people to talk about themselves, what they think the issue is, the self-reflection, the self-insight, but we don't necessarily consider that super reliable, right? We need a woman's perspective. You and I, Trip, we're very good at what we do, but we're still just men and we don't go on dates with men, right? We need the female perspective in here. So I started applying that to the mock dating structure. Now I'm or, curious. Sorry, to the coaching structure. When did you yes. when did you first come up with that? Like when did it hit you that you needed to to do something like that? Where you you thought, oh, you know, why don't we just do these mock dates, these fake dates with clients of yours and how did that all come about? Yeah, I mean, that that concept actually stems from my training when I was in an undergrad because I know what the importance of being scientific means, right? And being very reliable with your information. So this pretty much, as soon as I started coaching, I had this idea practically right away. When, when was this? This was about four years ago okay. when I started coaching initially. Yeah. Okay. I had the idea immediately, really, because I just, I noticed, you know, I... Why not get a girl in here, right, to actually give her opinion? There's women out there who, of course, they've been dating for decades, for years, right? They know what they're doing. They're truly the experienced ones in this. Yeah, seriously. I mean, your average woman has probably been on, I want to just throw out, I don't know, my, my guess, 10x amount of dates, maybe even 20x the amount of dates that a guy has just because women have so much more choice than men. And they're probably the average woman is just going on that many more dates. So that's that's for sure. Yeah. Most women out there, according to my research, they're they're going to literally get thousands of options by the month, depending on where they live, the size of the urban environment. But they're getting those matches. Of course, they're they're getting all of that online really quickly and they're getting approached, of course, and things right in person. Right. So So it's coming from all, all angles and their friends. I mean, it was very recently I was talking to some girl. And I was asking her, like, how many guys have you had to friend zone over over the years? And then I asked a couple more girls that day. I forget when this was. It was like a month or two ago. And all of them had at least two or three guys that they had a friend zone or current guys they know right now that they know like them, but they're friends with them. And it's sort of uncomfortable. How many guys can say that? Not many. Right. So they're right. they're just they're getting no. it from all angles. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So no, the when when we go back to being scientific, the the question I have to ask myself, and this is a healthy thing, right? This is this is not admitting weakness. This is me saying, what the hell do I know as a male about going out with men? 
I've never been out with a man before, right? On the other hand, there's women out there, they've, again, been doing this for years. Most of them are going on multiple dates a week, just years or decades even of experience. There's just no substitute for that. So it only makes sense to derive some of that information, if not most of it, from the actual feedback from the females, right? So so this pretty much came to me immediately after starting coaching, and I started running mock dates right away. Cool. Very awesome. And then when we met last year, you brought this to me. So this was completely yes. your idea. You go, you know, Trip, what do you think about doing mock dates for our clients? And then you described it to me and I said, yes, absolutely. This is an amazing idea. This is one of those few ideas that I do like in terms of getting the female perspective. I'm not in love with getting the female perspective too much just because I don't know if women really know how to describe what makes them feel attracted. But for sure, we can get, I would say, pretty accurate information from how a woman feels around a guy, right? Like even if she doesn't even know how to describe it that well, if we get information of, okay, you know, Jasmine, you know, whatever her name is, she went, she goes on the date with, with one of our clients and we ask her, like, how did you feel? How was the experience that at least we as coaches can then interpret and know how to tell the guy what's going on. Or at least it gives us data on where to pinpoint that this guy can do better on the date. So that's why I really liked it when you brought it to me. I'm curious, yeah. before we, we go even further, I just want to, I want to, because I think we skipped over a little bit. I want to dive a little bit deeper into how you got started into all this. Like what made you want to help guys what made you passionate about wanting to help guys because you don't help women you only help guys i mean before we work together and you still now have your portland dating coach company where you're helping guys who specifically live in portland but what drew you to want to do this yeah great question so there were a couple things okay, a couple things really helped uh, sway me towards this career direction I was studying psychology in undergrad, and psychology is just obviously a fascinating field, right? You're learning about human behavior, and, and that's what psychology is, by the way. It's the scientific study of human behavior, not the mind or, or the soul or whatever, but human behavior. And so there's research out there based around dating or attraction or relationships, etc., all of the above. But what I learned when I was studying and deciding on career direction was that universities are not training anyone to be dating psychologists, per se. There's, there's researchers who do that, but they go into the field of research, and consequently, most of their work is benefiting other researchers, people with PhDs at the universities, but it's not being applied to the general population. People, just everyday people, you know, most of us, right, are not really able to access those conclusions in any practical form and make sense of them. So I didn't want to be a researcher, right? Because I felt like I wasn't going to be directly helping the people who really needed it. And at the same time, they're not the, the universities are not training you to be a dating psychologist. They are training you to be what they call marriage family therapy 
psychologists or therapists or counselors. That's kind of your standard counseling degree for all intents and purposes. And those are going to be for people with bigger relationship problems, bigger clinical options. So there's this void, right? We have knowledge. We have research around dating and attraction, but no one is applying it to help other people. And that's what I came to realize. And so a light went off in my head and I had an idea, right? Why not start something up here where I can directly benefit people, give them the practical information they need based on the scientific knowledge that I've absorbed. Awesome. Cool. And here we are today. And uh, like I said, I found my secret weapon because you've just been incredible with with the guys that you've been working with here at at TripAdvice. And and, uh, yeah, I just, I want to, I want to keep on helping guys and putting them through the ringer and, and especially getting them through these, uh, these mock dates with you. So let's, let's dive back into that. What are some of the most common things that you've heard women say when you're talking to them about the breakdown of how the date went? What are just some of the things you hear the most when they're giving you the feedback of the date? Yeah, thank you. It's actually one of my favorite things to talk about because as you can imagine, your audience is going to be very interested in this, right? What the women are actually saying. So this, of course, comes from four years of having collected feedback from women, right? On these mock dates. So I'm going to go ahead and go over a few things here. I've, I really have seen it all. I've had everything from bad table manners, which is surprisingly frequent, Men are really struggling with that, actually. What, what's some examples of bad table, table manners? To give an extreme, but it's, it's real. I've had a couple clients do this. Amazingly, I've had clients actually dip their hands into the soup to extract a piece of meat or something they wanted to chew on. <laughs> and so they actually put their fingers under the broth and then they pull it out. They fish it out and put it right in their mouths and chew. And... I know most of the people listening to this are going to think common sense, but it's just, you'd be surprised how many men just don't have decent table manners, right? Wow. Wow. Um, There's, there's people, sometimes they go to a restaurant, maybe an Asian restaurant, they don't know how to use chopsticks and, and that's okay. Right. But the bottom line there is they didn't do their research on the food they were going to, which really kind of shows a lack of direction and leadership when trying to set up a date. Yeah. And so it's kind of embarrassing if you're like, well, let's, Let's go to for Vietnamese, and then you can't use chopsticks. They have forks, by the way. You can ask for a fork. There's no shame in that. But, right. but sometimes people don't know this, right? And and they're or maybe they're trying to impress the date. So it, it's just everything related to table manners and even just really basic things. Those are great examples. I get those ones a lot, right? Um, okay. You know, if, if you're going to go for a Vietnamese restaurant, make sure you know how to use chopsticks, okay? Yeah. Or just ask for a fork. Either way, it's great, right? So as far as table manners, yeah, there's there's all that. And then there's other things such as, well, you know, not using the napkin enough. There's just food on your face. I certainly have a fair share of clients who go out for finger foods, which can be okay. Anything shareable actually can make for a really great date. But the problem is when you're picking, you know, typically kind of fried foods, pub foods, fried shrimp, fish and chips, french fries, onion rings there's almost always some amount of grease that ends up on your clothing somehow. And so I hear that one quite a lot, even if you're being really careful and good with the manners, it will end up on your shirt. 
And then what happens is she can't stop staring at it because she just sees this big grease stain, if not multiple grease stains. So, so that stuff's really interesting, right? Just to hear like this actually influences the quality of restaurant you might want to choose when you start getting enough of this feedback, right? I, for instance, don't go out for fried finger foods anymore with women. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I remember, so beyond table manners, you said something before we started chatting about the restaurant choice. And yes, it's funny because before you were about to tell me about this problem with restaurant choice, before you said it in my head, I was like, why would this be a big deal? Again, like I was thinking, I just couldn't imagine what you're about to say in terms of restaurant choice, but go ahead and say it. There's a few things actually there. So women really do want to know that you put some kind of effort into this, okay? This isn't just a passive occurrence for you. You're you're serious about the date, right? You're you're taking them out and you're very dedicated to that process. So in in those terms, it does impact your ability to attract to build chemistry if you're being very lazy with restaurant choice. That's part of the mock date experience is getting a baseline. What would you do just on your own? And if you make mistakes, that's fine. We'll correct you. We'll coach you, right? But surely enough, I've got clients who are suggesting Applebee's. Let's just go to Applebee's. And for those who don't know, you know, Portland is just, it's such a vibrant restaurant scene here. Applebee's is remarkably lazy, right? It's a huge chain. I don't particularly think it's quality food. And sometimes you go a little more into it with the client. Why did you choose Applebee's? And they say, oh, it's, you know, I love the chicken wings. And and what did we just learn about finger foods, right? Um, chicken <laughs> wings, there's, there's sauce, there's grease. It's just, it gets messy really quick. But more importantly, um, she thinks that you did not care very much about this process to take her on a date if your best and brightest idea was Applebee's. In particularly when you're in a city known for its food scene, right? Yes. So I want to I want to be clear yeah. here. I want to piggyback off this. Is I know that some people sure. listening are not necessarily in big cities, and hey, it's even possible that maybe the nicest restaurant in your town maybe it is Applebee's. If that's the case, okay, th- that might be a good pick for you. And maybe relative to everything else in your town, maybe that is the. I don't want to say nicest, and I have something to say on that in a second, but the most decent pick to create some sort of date-like atmosphere. But for those of you who are in cities that have other options than a chain restaurant, it's going to be better for you to pick something a little bit more interesting. Now, I want to, I want to be clear here, too, because when we talk about Applebee's, it, I feel like it'd be very easy to think, oh, so I got to take her out to a fancy dinner? And I think we both know that that's not the case. Maybe you can speak to that before I before I give my thoughts of about the idea that's not like oh Applebee's is this cheap crappy place I was expecting for this guy to take me out to some you know high rated Michelin star or whatever restaurant but what's your thought there no I, I actually don't particularly recommend that you take them out to an expensive restaurant most of the clients and even myself personally right as I've been dating $15 plates things like that. There's a lot of quality restaurants that are $15 plates, really. It does not have to be the $100 steakhouse. I really don't recommend that, right? In fact, if you're dating enough, that will quickly drive you broke, of course. So <laughs> Very not a good strategy. You also don't want to, quote unquote, bribe your date, right? By taking them out, buying them expensive things. Call that an elaborate gift. But um, you don't want to bribe them, okay? You're not buying their affection. And so 
that's not a great strategy, particularly for a first date. That's that's something you can do to celebrate, you know, when you've been dating someone for a long time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'll tell a quick story on my end. Uh, I'll be real quick. Sure. I think I told it once in the podcast. I went on a date with a girl. This is several years ago. And I had this, I, I met her through friends. I felt like I had to impress. I just, that's, that's what my mindset was. And so I took her out to dinner Dinner was like, it was a really nice restaurant. It's like $250 for a nice dinner. And it was a first date. Fast forward to, we didn't see each other again. We, we, we weren't interested. And I'll never forget that date because what was, I, what was I trying to do here? Why would it have mattered if it was something that was not so fancy and crazy versus that? And it's like I dropped all that money and I was, you know, doing a lot of dating too. So it's not very sustainable. And it, it didn't do the thing that I thought it would have done. It didn't create this like special vibe. There was no vibe between us. There was no connection between us. So it doesn't matter to be going to those crazy restaurants because you never know what's going to happen and it doesn't help do the impressing, so to speak. So I learned the hard way. But anyway, continue. Yeah. I actually tell all my clients, don't go to the crazy expensive restaurant. There's just no reason to be that extravagant, okay? $15 plates are perfectly adequate. Obviously, you can push it around that direction. But the point is to choose a restaurant that indicates to the girl, you've actually put a little thought into this because this is an important process for you, right? She just wants to see that. And that's why I say, don't go to Applebee's, don't go to McDonald's, right? I mean, for more than one reason, but... Most importantly, you're showing her that you created some, just some kind of investment dedication, a mental one, right? Um, again, it was an important process for you to be able to take her out to get to know her. That meant a lot to you, right? You're giving her that time and everything. So make it a good one. On, on your note about small towns, you can definitely relax that a little bit. Uh, you can relax that a lot, actually, because she's going to understand if she's from the small town, she already knows there's not a lot of restaurant options. Um, and maybe you've just got a handful to choose from and, and that's fine, right? So we all get to relax that a little bit more. Okay, so what are some other other things that women say to you as feedback on the date? So you mentioned table manners, restaurant choice, what else? Yeah, so I'll go over a few things here. I think I've got about five or six to go over here. One of the biggest problems, This, is, yeah, this is definitely one of the biggest problems is that men sometimes dominate the conversation a little bit too much. Interesting. Um, okay. Meaning that they're talking and talking and talking and they're not letting her chime in. It's not a real conversation or it's a highly unbalanced conversation or it's them talking about all of their exploits, right? All the cool things that they do and they never ask her any questions. She doesn't, she sometimes, in fact, some of the mock theaters have to interrupt the client just to try to create the conversation. Wow. And, and that's part of their job too, right? Is try to make this reflective as a date and, and keep it healthy and everything. So yeah, men do sometimes chat too much. And you have to ask yourself this question if you're on a date, how long have you been speaking for right just now, right? Have you been going on for 10 minutes and you haven't let her answer or reply or respond or ask her any questions? That's definitely a problem. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Okay. What else? Yeah. So one of the next biggest ones, over revealing, over revealing oh, virtually everything about the self. 
Okay. And so I'll explain that. And it, there's a little bit of an ironic effect here because there's some men out there who just, they have an incredible lifestyle, right? They're just, they're doing every sport, every hobby, every, every passion they've ever thought of. They actually set out to do it. Some of them have traveled the world. Some of them have sailed around the world, right? They've gotten to boating or even bought their own planes and got piloting licenses. And um, it's just, it's incredible. But ironically, you, you think they'd be great conversationalists, right? Because they have so much stuff to talk about, such an enriched life. But sometimes they end up talking too much. And I don't mean they're just dominating the conversation, but they're actually firing off every single thing about themselves. I've been to this country, this country, this country, this country, to the point where there's no mystery left and no purpose for a follow-up date from her perspective because you've already revealed everything. So it's not about revealing things that are too personal, or is that part of it also? Are you just saying that they just go on and on and on about everything about themselves, like too much. Is that, is that what you mean? That's correct. So it's, it's ironic because you'd think they'd be great conversationalists with having so many things to talk about. But when we have those clients and those men, they, they tend just to fire off everything. And so one of my mock daters really put it best in that dating ought to be episodic, just like with a comic book edition or a TV show that leaves you on a cliffhanger you kind of have to tune into the next episode or buy the next edition, right, to see what happens. And so in some ways, that's really what you want on the date. If you've got a lot to you, that's great. I'm not going to say that's bad. But you don't want to reveal everything in one go. It's much better to focus on depth over breadth when it comes to topics. If you've traveled the world, you've been to 100 countries, talk about one of your favorite ones, an in-depth experience, your time in Colombia, etc., right? And really, really focus on that. Because otherwise, what you're doing is you're firing off that list of the hundred countries and trying to cram a lot of information in there. Once, uh, uh, once it, I was on a date, and this just uh, reminds me of this: me, the girl, and I were. This is not exactly related to what you're saying, but it just reminded me we were going off about all the different restaurants we've been to, and it got really weird because it became this weird competition, not on my end, but on her end. It was really strange. I was like, oh, I've been there. I just wanted to share because I was so excited. Oh, she's also a foodie like me. And then she starts going off and saying, oh, yeah, I've, well, I've been to here. And then she started like making it really competitive. It was uh, it was very strange wow. and completely killed the vibe. Anyway, continue. Wow. Yeah. No, that's never fun, actually. Yeah. So, the, of course, one problem is just talking too much to begin with to where she's not chiming in. But then the bigger problem is not leaving any mystery for a follow-up date, right? You really want to catch her. You should reveal things about your personality, your interests, right? Your passions. And you don't reveal everything, though. It's just, it's really simple math. You, If you're on a date, let's just say two hours, right? You obviously cannot talk about every single thing that's true to you, right? So you got to learn to be selective. And the key here is be focused. Sometimes less is more, okay? And sometimes... Uh, and I, I see this with our clients here. I, I actually have to teach them. I want you talking about less things. I want you to decide, prioritize a few key concepts, okay, that you really want to talk about in depth. And that way I can kind of drive out the habit of you know talking about everything and, and how amazing you are and all the incredible things you do. That'll come in time, right, over the the other episodes of the date that she's going to go on with you. But you don't reveal it all at once. You just can't. Cool. Let me ask you something. 
And sure. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but just a little bit more in depth. After doing the mock dates and then you telling them, okay, here's some of the things that, that well, you've also, you've also reviewed the mock dates too because some of them are virtual. They don't have to live in Portland, right? I mean, our clients live all over the world. So you've done mock dates virtually where the girl gets in a Zoom call with them to more focus on the conversation than maybe the manners. And after hearing and seeing what happened and then fixing and tweaking and telling the guys what to fix and tweak, did that actually help in terms of them finally getting dates to turn into second dates and so on? The short answer is yes. And the incredible thing about mock dating, the value that it provides is that it's really hard for us to envision what the client's problem is in date. It's really easy for us, for us to say, look at a profile. We obviously have a visual, of course, right? And we can talk about all that stuff, but we can't actively monitor them while they're in the date, right? So the mock date, mock dater can, of course, it's just a brilliant process. And that's why that feedback is so powerful. It does result in behavioral change for the better. And they are getting repeat dates, right, from the same girl because now they know, for instance, clean up those table manners, stop putting your hand in the soup, (laughs) right? Choose the better restaurant, whatever it may be. Or, of course, most commonly, don't over-dominate that conversation. You definitely want to have the ownership, but they really take these lessons to heart. The thing I love about our clients is that they're very dedicated to this process, right? If you tell them something, they're going to do it. They're going to batten down the hatches and really stretch their comfort zones if they have to. And they're going to apply that knowledge and that feedback, right? They're very good about that. And so a few sessions later, I'm getting them back on the phone, right? For another appointment. And they're saying like, yeah, I've got follow-up dates now. I've got second and third dates happening. Amazing. So cool. Uh, This also reminded me, I was thinking about my past. Like, oh, I wish I would have done mock dates when I was learning this stuff, which I didn't. I just had to go on real dates and then just tweak what I thought I needed to. Uh, But if, if I were to do a mock date in like 2006, somewhere around there, before I learned all this stuff, it would have been a disaster. I mean, I could only imagine what the woman would have said. I even remember in college, my first girlfriend was in college and I didn't do my research. Now, to be fair, at that point, it wasn't really, not every restaurant was necessarily on Google with reviews and all that, but I'm not going to play victim. I did make a massive mistake is I just picked a random Chinese restaurant. And we go to this place and it's like, it was like our first date. It was, it was interesting. Okay. We were already, it's college. So we already kind of became boyfriend, girlfriend because we hung out so much because we we're in the same social circle. But then we were like, we never been on a real date. Like, let's go on a real date. I'm like, yeah, I'll take you out. We'll, we'll go out to a nice dinner and I didn't do any research. And I found this Chinese place and we go to this Chinese place. It's like a fast food Chinese place. We're all dressed up and it's like order at the counter and then sit down. And I was so embarrassed And I know that she'll probably never forget that because that was just such poor planning on my part of wanting to do this nice date. And it was this weird, casual, I was, I was just, yeah, I I was mortified because I I didn't really know how to come back for that. And, and any excuse would have sounded lame. So I was just like, yeah, no, this place is good. (laughs) Like, Oh God, terrible. It's funny you mentioned that trip because that's actually another one of my points here that I commonly hear from the women, okay? 
I'm going to summarize this as issues with the venue itself. And I'll explain that, okay. of course. But pretty much the way you described it, maybe you book a restaurant. And, and even though now, you know, we do have Google reviews now, but still you can book a restaurant and it ends up being something else. Or it becomes apparent to the girl that you didn't really know what it was, which is a point off for you. Okay, because again, she wants to know that you know you took this seriously and this was important to you for you to spend your time going out with her, right? Maybe that Chinese food was good in the end. We don't know. But if she still has the perception, right, that you didn't really plan this or you didn't know what you were getting into, it's still just going to hurt you because it, it just reflects poorly on your attitude towards the date, towards the engagement, right? So that's another big piece of feedback I get from the women is issues with the venue, and this comes in a few forms, but I, I really want to highlight this concern that I have here. You need to do your research when you're taking someone out. Okay, You need to look at the venue. This is especially important right now with COVID restrictions and changes in the ways that some venues are operating. There's closures, right? early closures on restaurants that didn't exist before the pandemic. You, you really owe it to yourself to actually call the restaurant and verify everything. The, the hours that you see posted on Google, even on their websites, I found they don't mean much. They're wrong half of the time because they've done an update. They didn't put it in the website yet. Yeah, I, I see this all the time. So I actually have the clients going out on their mock dates. They arrive at the restaurant. It's totally closed down. And this is a surprise to everyone, including myself, because we all saw that it was open before, according to the website and the posted hours. But they're, they're making some changes really suddenly. Maybe they took a short trip out of town because business isn't good with the pandemic. And sometimes, if the client's lucky, there's another restaurant close by that they kind of default to. But in any case, it really, really hurts you when you plan a date and it turns out the venue's not even open, right? It just comes off as you didn't do your research. This wasn't important to you. Not good at all. Yeah. So it's kind of similar, right? Kind of aligned with your story there, I think, in what you experienced. Yeah, not planning. Not planning. Yeah, I, I can't express this enough. You have to plan. You have to do your restaurant research. You've got to call them, speak to the staff, and not only to verify hours, verify everything about the venue. In your opinion, receptionist, does this restaurant have a great atmosphere for a date? And they might say, no, you know, we have you know children coming in here. It's family night on that night, actually, family buffet night, and it's just screaming children all day. And you you could have really avoided something nasty right had you gone there just by talking to the staff and getting their opinion even i would say also Um, i I don't know if you ever talk about this eric but i'm not afraid to take a girl on a date to a place i've already been to it's like i know that the place is a good drink spot or a good dinner spot or a good coffee spot and i just know because i've done it I've, i've done the trial and error in my city i would just go there again what do you think about that yeah, actually, so I've, I literally have a document on my computer with my list of go-to places, right? Places that I know work really well. And Man, that'd fact, be really cool client- if we could have a full, like, big city list of all the best date spots. I would be happy to compile that. But as I'm thinking it out, the only problem is, is just restaurants close and change all the time. It would be a job in itself to even keep up with a list like that. But that'd be a cool resource to have. Some of these restaurants on my list, actually, I'm still going through deleting them because I'm finding out that they close. Right. Of course, that's from the pandemic, right? Pandemic times. 
but yeah, unfortunately, many of them are now permanently closed. So I'm I'm always updating that thing. It is a living, breathing animal for sure. And you're just dealing with one city, um, so I can only imagine multiple cities. But right, I'm just saying, right. in theory, yeah, I, I would pay for something like that. I'm in a relationship, and I would pay for something like that. Like if someone said, <laughs> "Oh, these are the best date spots to go." in every city and it was always self updating somehow that would be, that'd be worth $500 to me. Easy. I think you've got an idea there for your next book. Chris. <laughs> I think you can work with that really. Anywho. Not a bad idea. Now for the clients who are going the mock dates, I'm not giving them any cheats because part of this process is to find out what would you do on your own, right? If you don't have a coach telling you what to do or a guy, what restaurant would you choose? And so that gives me a lot of insight into their personality and their decision-making process, right? And of course, the the quality of the date. I've got clients showing up to places that are open where, oh, they're actually not doing dine-in or they have very limited dine-in. And so now they end up with a to-go box, right? They're on their date and they end up not eating at the restaurant. They end up finding a park bench or something and they make the best of it. Big, big problem, especially in in large urban environments. Parking. Yeah, parking can be an issue. Either there isn't any or it's very expensive. And so I've had clients go out on these dates and the girl can't even get to the restaurant or it's a burden financially to get to the restaurant. They drove there. But there's not, you know, maybe there was a game or something downtown at the stadium and there's even more parking restrictions when that happens, right? And so that's all part of you not doing your research. Is she even going to be able to meet you? And is this going to cost her $20 an hour to park the car? Because in her head, she's thinking, I already get all this attention. I've already got all these other guys I could have chosen to go on the date with. Why am I paying $20 to $40 just to be able to get to the restaurant before we've even ordered anything, right? Right. Before the dates even started. So most women, if they know that they have to do that, they're probably just not even going to go on the date with you. It just doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is all, Eric, really good stuff. And I feel like I know we're just scratching the surface. So I know we have to cut it off here because you have to go on a a coaching call, I believe. So I just want to say this is really good tips. Again, honestly, I wish this was stuff that I knew before I started dating. Just some of these little simple things that you can just tweak to make sure that you're having the best type of date possible and making sure that some of these little dumb errors that you don't know you're making, you're not making anymore. So you have a higher chance of of success. I just want to say also before we wrap up, I am so excited to have you on the team. It's been amazing working with you. And like I said, the results that guys are getting from working with you has been incredible. Now I'm real, honestly just talking to you here on this podcast episode, I'm getting even further into understanding why you're so good with the clients because your attention to detail is incredible from what I've picked up over our time spent talking and, and especially now on this podcast. And I think that that really helps. And I think it, it's good to, to see some of those things that the blind spots, so to speak. So I'm just so happy to be working with you and to continue work with you and have the guys who are listening to this podcast come work with you. Guys, we have an amazing coach here on the team. 
really incredible if you haven't seen so far. So if you're interested in coaching, you know where to go, coachedbytrip.com. So you get an opportunity to work with myself or Eric here. Any last thoughts on the topic of today or anything else you want to share before we sign off? You know, I think we can just summarize all this. The, the key takeaway is that when you're going on a date, go ahead and make that investment, right? Don't be passive about the date itself. Do your research, call the restaurant, do everything you need to do. And, and over time, you can generate your own list of, of restaurants that work for you that you can go to again. So the research becomes easier with each passing date, right? But put effort into it. That's really what women want to see, right? Just put some kind of thought into it that's, that this is important to you. That's the key takeaway here. Cool. I want to add one more thing to this because I know that lately there's been a lot of complaints from men and I don't blame them on the fact that it seems like we're doing all the work. Like, man, the guys have to do all the work. Why does a guy, like all this stuff, like a girl just has to show up and look pretty. Well, let me just say this is that's not the right way to look at it. You're doing your best job and you're just here to find out if she's doing her best job, right? If she shows up on the date and she, we'll we'll start with physical appearance first. She just looks like crap. Her manners are bad. She just didn't put any effort into into what she was wearing and just looks terrible. Well, there you go. She failed. You don't have to take her out again because you're not attracted to her and you're un, maybe unattracted on her lack of effort there. And then in terms of her personality, that's the other thing is we're not doing all this effort. And Eric's not talking about all this stuff because we're putting on her pedestal and we're trying to do all the things we can to hope that she likes us. No, you're doing your best. And if she shows up and she's boring She's not asking you any questions. Like I've been on dates before where literally it was like a joke. Like I went on a date and the girl didn't ask me one question, literally not one. Could you imagine? I, it was, it was brutal. Funny thing is, is she actually wanted to see me again. I don't know why, but yeah, if she's not showing the sides of her personality that you're enjoying, you don't have to see her again or sleep with her or go for a kiss or text her back. So it's not all about we're doing all these things in hopes that they like us and we need to do all this work and they're not putting in any effort. If, not, if they're not putting the right effort in and you're on the first date, and that's what a first date's about. It's not about how do I impress her on the first date to get a second date. It's about I'll put in my best effort, but if she's not impressing me or there's nothing on her end that I like or care to see again, well, then there you go. She lost. She lost an opportunity to be with you. So just wanted to add that in there because I know sometimes some of these these episodes that I do can get one-sided where it seems like it's all about her when it's not. That's right. That's very important. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Any other last thoughts, Eric? It's been great working with you. It's been great working with the clients. I look forward to working with more of the clients. Look forward to getting out more of these mock dates too. Incredibly, incredibly value because we're now asking the question, what do the women think of all this, right? What do they have to say as being the, they're the actual expert daters, right? This is information that's coming from the women. So yeah, very, very powerful tool, in my opinion, for coaching. Cool. Well, we've seen that it works and I'm glad that you introduced me to it. So it is awesome. And I am still kind of mind boggled that uh, it took us this long to get you on the podcast. I guess uh, at this point, you know, it was just good to know that you were 
100% on the team and I wanted to introduce you when I knew it was a for certain thing. But even then, it still took too long to, to get you on. So happy that you're on. We're going to have you back. I'd like to try to do an episode every month or so or every couple months or so just to have you on and chat about what you're learning and, and how we can help the guys listening to get better with meeting and attracting women. So, Eric, thanks so much, man. Awesome talking Thank to you. Trip. And we'll talk to you next time.